Uh, today we are introducing a series of teachings that we shall handle in the few weeks ahead of us. The making of the men of God. The making of the men of God. What we are actually looking at is the people that God finally uses. How are they made? We were all created for a purpose, born for a purpose, but not everyone ends up being used for a purpose. Many people are not shaped for the purpose for which they were actually created. So we are looking at practical discipleship, practical building of the people, men that God finally uses. And today, in our sharing, we are looking at the example of Elisha, the man God uses, the making of the man God uses. Let's open our Bibles to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. We want to see this man Elisha. Where did he come from? The man that finally was mightily used by God to perform twice the number of miracles that a man called Elijah performed. The making of the men of God. 1 Kings chapter 19. God was about to bring a change in leadership in the land. God was about to bring in a new prophet. From verse 14. He replied, I have been very zealous. This is Elijah speaking. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? That is in verse 13. In verse 14, Elijah said, replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophet to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. Elijah said, the people have rejected your laws. And they have killed all your prophets. I am the only one left. And the reality is that he was not the only one left. Verse 15, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king of Aram, and also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Abel Mehola, to succeed you as prophet. So Elijah was told specifically whom to go and anoint in order to succeed him as the next prophet. Go and anoint Elisha and Elisha will succeed you as the next prophet. Let's continue a bit from verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. God spoke to him 
Go and anoint Elisha to succeed you as the next prophet. He went and he found him. What was this man doing? He was plowed with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12 pair. He had 12 yokes of oxen. He was an industrial farmer having 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was not a lazy man just watching at, at others as they were doing the work. He was in the 12th pair. A hard-working man. A man who was not lazy. A man who was not a withdrawn man just sitting and saying, God will give me a wonderful uh, ministry to carry out for him. He was applying himself to hard work. The making of the men of God. No lazy person can ever be used by God until a transformation takes place in that man's life. If your life is a life given to laziness, you can be very, very sure that you will miss the purpose for which God created you. Elisha was plowed 12 yoke of oxen and he was in the 12 pair. He himself was driving the 12 pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. He went up to him and threw what he was wearing around him. And Elisha knew exactly what that meant. Verse 20, Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Then he, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said. Then I will come with you. Oh, Elisha saw the opportunity to become a servant of the prophet. Elijah did not tell him, come and become the next prophet. Elijah just took the, 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 the cloth he was wearing and threw around him. And Elijah, Elijah, Elisha left what he was doing, ran after him. Oh, he saw the opportunity to be used by God. He saw the opportunity to become a servant of the prophet. He saw an opportunity to serve the Lord. He saw an opportunity. There are many people who think that God calls only those who are jobless. There are many people who think that when you have nothing to do, then you go to give yourself to serve the Lord. That was not the case. Elisha did not think like that. Elisha saw an opportunity. And there are many people who think, yeah, because of what they are doing in the world, is so important, far more important than what they can do for God. Elisha saw an opportunity. Look at the type of man. Look at his starting when Elijah <clears throat> took what he was wearing and threw around him, what did he say? He left his oxen. He left what he was doing. That's exactly how Jesus called people like Peter. They were not jobless men. The early apostles were not jobless men. They were given to their fishing business. And the Lord called them, come, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. They saw the opportunity to do something for the Lord. They saw the opportunity to abandon everything and follow the Lord. They saw the opportunity and they decided to follow the Lord. And today, they are known. They were not the only fishermen in those days. There were many fishermen, but they saw an opportunity 
to follow the Lord. And they followed the Lord to greatness. The Lord did not tell them, come and become great. The Lord simply told them, come. I'm going to transform you to begin to do something for me. What a privilege to do something for the Lord. What a privilege to follow the Lord, to serve the Lord. What a privilege. There are many people who drag their feet when they are called to do something for God. It was not like that with Elisha. Elisha saw an opportunity. It is an opportunity when God calls you to do whatever he calls you to do for him. Whatever God gives to you to do, whatever task God has called you to do, oh, it's a wonderful thing. It's a great opportunity for you to serve the King of Kings, to serve the Lord of Lords, for you to know the purpose for which I was created. Here, God is revealing it to him, and God calls you to his service. Do you drop your feet, or you run after him? Elisha then left his oxen, that was the same case. The Lord Jesus Christ was passing and he saw Matthew the tax collector and he called him. Matthew abandoned, left what he was doing and followed him. Do you see it as an opportunity to serve the Lord? Do you see it as an opportunity to do something for the Lord? Do you see it as an opportunity to accept the call of God for your life? Do you see it as an opportunity to know that God is telling you, I created you for this purpose, come and do this for me? Or you think that it is making a name in the world that is the greatest opportunity that you can ever have? Elisha then left his oxen, ran after Elijah. Whom have you run after? Whom are you running after? Nobody can ever be built, be shaped to be you to be useful in the king of, kingdom of God if there is nobody you are running after in order that that person may build you up. Elisha ran after Elijah. Then he begged for permission. He told him, Let me go and say goodbye to my parents. Let me go and kiss them goodbye. Then I will come with you. He knew that he was being called to come along with Elijah. But he did not want to leave confusion back home. He said, let me go and tell them goodbye. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? Elijah told him, you go back. There's nothing I have done to you. But something had happened in his heart. God had done something in his heart. Elisha was touched by God. And Elisha saw an opportunity to follow Elijah and be shaped by Elijah to become the next prophet. Even if Elijah did not tell him, you are coming to become the next prophet. He only saw an opportunity to serve the man of God. The making of the men of God. Verse 21. So Elisha left him. He left Elijah and went back. Then he took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plow equipment to cook the meat. And, and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. He took the oxen that he was a plow with, took the plow equipment, he slaughtered the oxen, 
roasted everything and gave to the people to eat. He celebrated the opportunity of going to serve the man of God, going to serve the Lord through a man of God, going to become a servant. He celebrated the opportunity of becoming a servant, an industrial farmer, great man, great potential, great future. And here he is, forsaking everything in order to just become a servant of something, someone, the man God uses, the making of the men of God, the making of the people that God will use. Do you count it a privilege? Do you celebrate when God calls you into his service? Do you celebrate when God calls you to serve a man? Do you celebrate when God calls you to serve the people of God? Do you celebrate when God calls you to become a fisher of men? Do you celebrate when God calls you oh, even to reach out to the lost? Do you celebrate? Do you count it as as an opportunity or to you is a mean job for those who have no job who are jobless it was not so for Elisha have you ever counted it an opportunity a great privilege to serve the king of kings so Elisha started number one running after Elijah Elisha started, number one, counting a privilege to serve. Elisha started seeing that if I have been called to do something for God, I should celebrate. And that was exactly what Matthew did. Matthew threw a feast in his house. Invited his colleagues, invited his friend. Here we see the same thing. Elisha threw a feast, sacrificing what others saw as his future in order to have a future in the Lord. What about you? He left everything followed. What are we looking at? We are looking at how the men that God will use are disciples, that their foundation, their starting point, how they are shaped. You can never be shaped to be used by God if you despise God, despise the service of God, despise the call of God, despise what God has called you to do for him. And even despise, you are despising the very reason, the purpose for which you were created. And true success is discovering the one purpose for which you were created and give yourself fully to it and fully accomplish it. But before you give yourself to it, you will need to be shaped. And you cannot shape yourself. God uses a man whom you have become attached to, to shape you. Paul had a Timothy who was attached to him and he was shaped and become someone that God used. Here we see Elijah having an Elijah who got attached to him so that he may shape him. But it all depends on your heart, the condition of your heart. You can never throw godly pearls to pigs. There are those that the service of God means nothing to them. The things of the world means everything to them. 
The privileges of the world mean everything to them. Time will tell. A time is coming when you look back and wish that you actually ask God, what did you create me for? And you gave yourself to that one purpose for which you were created. So in the practice of your profession, you are asking, where is God's part here? In everything, you are asking, how does this feed into the one purpose for which I was created? Elisha ran after Elijah. He saw the urgency of the call. Elisha went and said goodbye, celebrated the opportunity to be called. Elisha burnt everything so that there's no opportunity for going back. He brought an end to an error in order that he may have a new beginning. We go to 2 Kings chapter 2. The book of 2 Kings chapter 2. We are looking at the making of the men of God. The shaping of the men that God will use. Discipling the type of people that God will use in his purposes and for the purpose for which they were created. Practical discipleship in the production of the men that God will use in his eternal purposes. We are in 2 Kings chapter 2. <clears throat> we are saying that, as we saw, God told Elijah, go and anoint Elisha to become, to replace you, to take your place as a prophet. Elisha did not become the prophet on, this, on that day. Even though the, the, the prophet threw the cloud over him, he did not become the prophet. Chapter 2 from verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elisha and El Elijah and Elisha, they have become oh traveling companion. Elisha was moving with Elisha in order to learn where were they coming from? They were coming from where it always starts, Gilgal. Gilgal was the place of circumcision. When the children of Israel left Egypt. When they were about to cross the Jordan and enter the promised land, the Lord told Joshua to circumcise the children of Israel. There is a starting point. It's a point of circumcision. It's a point where the knife has to cut your heart. It's a, there is a crisis of consecration that must take place in the life of anyone who wants to be used by God. That's what Gilgal is talking about. A circumcision of the heart. Bringing yourself to a point that you are all is totally surrendered on the altar for God. God cannot use a man who has not come to the point that he is ready to place his all on the altar for God. Gilgal is the place of circumcision. 
Gilgal is the place of consecration. Gilgal is the place of total surrender. So Elisha, Elijah took Elisha to Gilgal. He took this, this man that he was building. There is no one who can ever be built up to be used mightily by God until he has been brought to this point that he lays his all on the altar for God. Without a readiness for your all to be laid on the altar, without the readiness for this circumcision of the heart, without the readiness to be separated from all in order that the Lord may have your all, you can never be built up to be used by God. And that's the greatest error that many make. They want to build us who are not ready to lay down their all on the altar. You cannot be built up. When in your heart you are resisting the life of total surrender, Gilgal is a place of circumcision. It's a place where the mixture must be brought to an end. Gilgal is a place where you come to a point in your life when you say, here and now I surrender totally to follow the Lord. Gilgal is a place where you have come where the knife must cut your heart. The sword must pierce your heart. It's a cutting so that you may become a, a person of a covenant relationship with God. A person fully belonging to the Lord. A person was totally surrendered to the Lord, belonging to the Lord, totally, you are all on the altar. A life of circumcision. So here we see, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. They, were, they had already gone to Gilgal. The, 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 the crisis in the spiritual had taken place. They were on their way. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. To be consecrated does not mean that God will use you. You can become consecrated and remain at the point of consecration. It is consecration for a purpose. It is total surrender for a purpose. For in the life of, of consecration, a man separates himself from all sin. A man separates himself from the love of the world. A man separates himself from the things of the world. A man separates himself from all else and lay down his all so that his all will belong to the Lord and to the Lord alone and to the purposes of God and to the purposes of God alone. That's the life of consecration. It's a life of separation from what God does not want and a separation to what God wants. So they were from, from Gilgal. And Elijah told him, you stay here. You don't need to bother yourself to come along with me. The journey has been already too long for you. You stay here. There will always be the invitation for you to stay here. That, that because there are many people who are stagnant. They started the work with God, but they did not continue in their work with God consecrated but they have they, after the consecration what next what else have you forgotten the purpose for which you were surrendered you surrendered yourself for what 
It was a life consecrated for a purpose. Elijah told him, You stay here. Are you the type of person that we easily listen and accept? Stay here. Are you the type of person who no one, nobody has even told you to stay here, but you have decided to stay in one place in your relationship with God? Five years in the Lord, or in one place. Ten years in the Lord, one place. Forty years in the Lord, you have made no progress. You have accepted the call, stay here. Or you have told yourself, I will stay here. After 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, five years in the Lord, what progress have you made? Have you stayed here? Stagnation. Because you have refused to pay the price to go to the next level in your relationship with God. Consecration is not enough. It is consecration in order to be used by God. It is consecration for a purpose. It is not consecration for consecration's sake. So the Lord told him, you stay here. The Lord has called me to Bethel. There is a journey of the Christian life. There is a journey of salvation life. It is consecration in order that you may go to Bethel. Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. What is Bethel? Bethel is the place of fellowship with God. Bethel is a place of encounter with God. Bethel is a place where you enter into this intercourse with God. Have you become so caught up with many other things that you do not know the life of Bethel? When Joshua was on his way back to the promised land, the Lord instructed him. The Lord told him, go to Bethel and settle there. Go to Bethel and settle there. The place of fellowship, the place of intimacy, the place where we enjoy God and permit God to enjoy us. The place, the house of God. So after the consecration, in order that we may enter into deeper fellowship with God, have you separated yourself for, for nothing? Have you separated yourself and then you have not entered into this enjoyment of fellowship with God so that God can enjoy fellowship with you as well? We're created in order that we, God may fellowship with us. We may fellowship with God. And it is this fellowship with God that you rise up a great while before day. In order to meet God, you hear from God and you talk back to God. Practical discipleship. So that you rise up a great while before day. Encounter the Lord. Listen to the Lord. The Lord gives you the instruction because you are his servant. You are consecrated for a purpose and at Bethel you listen as he tells you what will be done day after day. Every moment you rise up a great while before day in order that he may talk to you. You may hear his voice. He may give you instruction for the day. 
Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave, leave you. So they went down to Bethel. He committed himself to two people, the Lord and a man. As surely as the Lord lives, and as surely as you live. Is there someone in your life that you are committed to, you are attached to, that you cannot be separated? There are so many independent people. There's no one that they have a relationship with that have told themselves, come rain, come sunshine, I will not be separated in order that I may be shaped into what God wants me to be. The making of the men of God. The men of God are produced by other men of God. So the two of them went down to Bethel. Verse 3. The company of the prophet at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. There were the company of prophets, about 50 of them. They were actually the company of prophets that the man Elijah used to lead. But there was none of them committed at this one-to-one -one level to follow Elijah to the end. They knew that God was going to take away Elijah, but none of them was ready to go close to Elijah to be able to know when you will be taken away, what next? How should we continue the prophetic ministry? They were all caught up with receiving revelations and not using the revelations. Wasted resources, wasted revelations. They knew what God wanted to do, but they would not cooperate with God in order that the purposes of God may come to pass. And that's the life of many people. They have knowledge, but they will never apply the knowledge. But they want to distract the person who is committed and want to apply what he is learning. They came to Elisha and said, do you know that the Lord is going to take away your master today? Elisha said, yes, but it's not time to discuss. There will be people who will distract you from the purposes of God for your life. And they are always the majority. The majority of people do not want you to be totally committed to the purposes of God for your life. They don't want to give themselves to the purposes of God. But they will also not want you to be given to the purposes of God. Yes, I know. Verse 4. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. So there was a place of circumcision, Gilgal. There was a place, the house of God, the place of fellowship. And the Lord, Elijah is telling him now, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. When the children of Israel, in the, as they were entering the promised land, they needed to fight the battle at Jericho. They needed there was a battle of Jericho. In their journey, there was Jericho. Jericho is the place of battle. 
If you cannot train yourself in battle, you will never accomplish the purposes of God for your life. Battle through prayer, battle through fasting, battle through resisting the enemy who will play all obstacles just to ensure that you give up. The children of Israel, they had to march around Jericho seven times. And on the, on the last day, they had to march around this city seven times. They marched around the city for seven days, and on the seventh day, they had to march around the city seven times. Battle, battle, battle. The call to service is the call to battle. You will never have victory without battles. And the greater the victory, the greater the, greater the battle, the greater the victory. Many people give up just because they made warfare along the way. Are you the one who has given up? Maybe God took you to Jericho, the place of battle. So Elijah and Elisha went to Jericho. Elijah was telling him, was telling him, you stay here and begin to enjoy the fellowship. And there are many people, immediately they start enjoying fellowship with God. They have forgotten that it is fellowship with a purpose. It is circumcision with a purpose. Circumcised to enter into fellowship with God. Enter into fellowship with God to be empowered for the battle of the Lord. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. The company of the prophet went up to Elisha and said, verse 5, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. But do not speak of it. Don't distract me. You need to tell the many people around you who are trying to distract you from the one thing to which you are committed. That one person to which you are committed. Tell them, I know, I know, I know. But it's not time to talk. I don't have the time to be distracted. Become focused in your life. Be a focused believer. Be focused. Be focused. About 90% of people around you will distract you from the purposes of God. About 90% of the people around you will be people who want you to just be talking, just discussing, just talking politics, discussing, discussing, but they are not committed to do anything about what they know. Multitude of people are distractors, and if you give yourself, it will be one party after the other, one discussion after the other. Talking without action will never accomplish anything. You may talk and talk and talk and talk, but until you do something concerning what you know, you will change no situation. When they reach Jericho, then Elijah said to, uh, 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 to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. 
And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Oh, hallelujah, the two of them walked on. The two of them walked on. The two of them walked on because he was determined, I will not leave you. He committed himself to the Lord and committed himself to this man of God and said, I will not leave you. The two of them walked along. The two of them walked along. With whom are you walking along? With whom are you walking along so that you will be shaped for the purposes of God and accomplish the purposes of God so that someone may help you in order that you may be made into that person God created you to be and accomplish what God created you to accomplish. Discipling the men God will use. You cannot be disciple at a distance. You cannot be built up at a distance. The making of the men of God. <clears throat> and Elijah told him, the Lord has sent me. Oh, when the children of Israel left Egypt, there was the Red Sea. When the children of Israel were about to enter the promised land, there was the Jordan. There will always be that mighty river. The place of miracle. The place that God must do something. What are the difficult circumstances that you have in your life? That God must intervene in order that you may enter into the purposes of God for your life. Have you fought the battle at Jericho for nothing? Will you not praise all, praise all until you reach the Jordan and the Jordan will pathway for you to enter the canon of God for your life? You can be circumcised. You can leave Gilgal, the place of circumcision. You can reach Bethel, the place of fellowship. You can fight all the battle. But just when the miracle is about to take place in your life, you settle and you end up never crossing into the canon of God for your life. Verse 7, 50 men of the prophet went and stood, stood at the distance, facing the plain where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Here in each place there were company of prophets, company of prophets, people who knew what God was saying, but who would not cooperate with God so that something may happen through the knowledge that they have. 50 men, they stood at a distance. Are you one of the 50 who prefer to talk and not to act? Are you one of the 50 who prefer to stand at a distance instead of coming closer? How painful that the, this multitude of prophets, this multitude, 50 men, the company of the prophets, why was Elijah, why was God saying Elijah should go and look for Elisha when they were already this prophet, these men, the sons of the prophet, the men of the company of the prophet? Why did one of them not qualify so that God would just say, pick one of these, anoint him, let him become the next prophet, let him take over? 
Why did God look prophets, leave prophets to go and look for a farmer to become the next prophet? Because the, the, the company of prophets, their hearts were wrong. They will not cooperate with God. They will not obey what they know. They were men of knowledge, but never men of action. God can leave you and go and look for someone else. None of us is indispensable. When your heart is, is wrong, God can leave you. It's a frightful thing that God can leave you. It's a frightful thing that you, you can be raised up. You can even be in the church. Circumcised, consecrated, fellowship with God, given to all the battles. But when it comes to this point of crossing the last line in order to enter into the purposes of God, you miss it because your heart is wrong. And when your heart is wrong, you follow at a distance. You are one of those discoursing and not one of those acting. So by the Jordan, there were just two people. Why? There were multitudes who were spectators. They were watching to see. In their hearts, I think they were pitying Elisha. Now is the time maybe the Jordan will sweep you and your master away. That's, they kept their distance. They will not risk their lives. They will not take a risk. For fear that the Jordan will sweep them, will drown them. The men of the company of the prophet, they went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. There were those who laughed at them. You have followed, look at the obstacle before you. And they, do, they did not know that there can never be a miracle without an obstacle. God always steps in into a person's life because there are obstacles that only him can step in to rule them away. The children of Israel by the Red Sea. In front of them was the Red Sea. Behind them was the other Pharaoh and his army. In front problem, behind problem. In front problem, behind problem. And the Lord told Moses, Why you cry to me straight forward? What is in your hand? And the water will part into two. The time of miracle comes. When you follow, as you follow, you will meet obstacle, and as you move, move up, meet obstacle, you will look up to the Lord, and the God of miracle will step into you in your life, and the God of miracle will make the Red Sea to give way. The God of miracle will make the Jordan to give way. The God of miracle, Jesus said, if you have faith and doubt not, you can say to this mountain, be removed and thrown into the sea, or obey the God of miracle that will cause mountain to Mel before you, the God of miracle is with those who follow and follow closely and follow to the end. Verse 8 Elijah took his cloth and rolled it off and struck the water with it, and the, the water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. He took the, the same cloth he had put around uh, through. Uh, 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 Elisha, 
Elisha never knew that that which was being thrown around him was the symbol or the weapon of miracle. He rolled it, struck the Jordan with it, and the water parted like the rod, the staff of Moses. The presence of the Lord with his servant is all that the servant of God needs. In time of need, the water will give way. In time of need, the water will come out of the rock. In time of need, the God of miracle, this God of miracle, this God of miracle, that will never follow him in vain. So the, 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 the company of the prophet, they saw the miracle. They saw the miracle. He struck the water. The water divided to the right and to the left. The two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? This was the first time he was telling the, the young man, I'm going to be taken from you. And he asked him, You have followed. Now that you have followed, what can I do? We follow for a purpose. It's a goal-directed following. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. He said, I'm following because of your spirit. I want to inherit a double portion of your spirit. He followed Elijah. And now, Elijah is about to be taken away. Verse 10, you have asked a difficult thing. You have asked a difficult thing. Yet, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise not. He was telling him, you must be focused on me. You must be focused, you must be focused, you must be focused. There are many people who follow and they become distracted and after many years of following, they get nothing because they became distracted followers. He said, if you see me when I'm being taken, the double portion will be yours. If not, you will get nothing. You are falling from Gilgal. You are falling to Bethel. You are falling to Jericho. You are crossing the Jordan. Can end up with, with nothing because you became distracted along the way you gave up. Along the way, you, you, you are caught up with looking this side, looking this side, looking this, this side. You can lose God. And many people have done that, become distracted followers. We are not only consecrated, we must become concentrated. Surrender to the Lord, but focus our all. Surrender to the Lord, but refuse any distraction. There are many capable people who are accomplishing nothing because they are divided, they are distracted, they do not know the power of concentration. As they were walking along, they were walking along and talking together. Suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. 
Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his clothes and tore them apart. As they were walking and talking, something happened. Oh, the horsemen, the chariot came, and his master was taken. And Elisha saw him, he saw him, and he said, my father, my father, my father. He saw him, he saw him, he saw him, he saw him. And when he saw him, something happened. The Bible said he took uh, a hole of his own clothes and he tore them apart. He brought an end to Elisha in order that he may have a new beginning. He took his own clothes and tore them apart. And what did he do in verse 13? He picked up the cloth that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He tore his own and received that which came from Elijah. There was going to be no mixture. And there are many people so caught up with all sorts of mixtures. A new beginning for him. He had asked to receive a double portion. Here he is. Again by the, by, by the Jordan. He has crossed the Jordan to accompany his master and his master was gone and here he, wa- he was. Verse 14. Then he took the cloth that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. When now is the Lord, the God of Elijah. He asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Hallelujah. What Elijah had used was now in the hand of Elisha. And because Elisha's heart was correct towards Elijah, Elisha was not like Gehazi. For the rod of the prophet in the heart, in the hand of somebody whose heart is wrong towards God and wrong towards the prophet is powerless. The claw of Elijah, Elijah in the hand of Elijah had the same power, greater power, because his heart was correct towards God and correct towards his master. And here he is, the, the Jordan parted and he crossed. Verse 15, the company of the prophet from Jericho who were watching, they said the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha and they went to meet him and bowed down to the ground before him. They stood at a distance as spectators and watched as this man who was a stranger, who had not grown up with their master. The man followed, received the spirit and came and became their leader. They did not follow. They were, they, they were theologians who gathered to discuss the science of the time but would not cooperate with God to ensure that what God wanted to do at that particular time. They were not like the sons of Issachar who knew the science of the time and who knew not just the sign of the time but they knew what Israel ought to do. 
When you are a person who knows what God wants to do, you must become a person who cooperate with God by acting in order that the purposes of God may come to pass. They, they knew, but they did nothing. Elisha, when received the anointing, received the spirit of Elijah, came back and became their leader, the man God uses. The making of the men of God. Shaping you one step after the other. One step after the other. One step after the other. What was this Elisha to Elijah? <clears throat> Chapter 3. There was a time that the king of Israel and the king of Judah, they had teamed up to go to battle. But along the way, there was a problem. And they needed to hear a word from God. Verse 10, chapter 3, verse 10. Second King, chapter 3, verse 10. What? exclaimed the king of Israel. Has the Lord called all three kings together only to hand us over to Moab? But then Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord through him? Is there no prophet of the Lord? Is there no one who can speak to us the mind of God? They were called the company of prophets. But they needed someone, the prophet of the Lord. Verse 11. Is there no prophet of the Lord that we may require of the Lord through him? An officer of the king of Israel said, answer, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. He was the servant of Elijah. He was the attendant of Elijah. He used his duty. He poured water in the hand of Elijah. Verse 12, Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. He had followed as a servant, followed, shaped, followed, circumcised, fellow, followed to know fellowship, followed to know battle, fellow, followed in order to know how to handle difficulties, followed in order to know how to handle mockery, followed in order to know how to handle destruction, followed in order to know how to become focused, followed until he saw and followed with a purpose and followed and became the next prophet and he followed and learned how to serve. And the servant became the next prophet, the making of the men God will use. Practical discipleship in order to produce a man that God will use. God will take you through one step after the other to shape your life. Shaping you to become what you ought to be in order that he may use you to accomplish the purpose for which you were created the making of the men of God, the example of Elijah. God bless you.